in three, two, what is up everyone? It is your girl Amber Gartner, aka AG, and you are here for another great episode of AG's Truth. I first want to say happy holidays to everyone. I look forward to everybody having a great holiday season and we are one day closer to getting to 21. Yes, 2021 is on the horizon. I know a lot of y'all are tired of 2020. Some of y'all ain't been this excited to see 21 since you were trying to become able to drink legally. But it's okay. We almost there, y'all. We are almost there. So today, I have a very special guest on the show. As I stated previously, we are going to have a flex of the authors coming through on the show. Y'all know your girl has her book out. It's been out for two years. And I wanted to do something to help my fellow authors because I know it is not an easy game, especially with all this technology. So today I have another amazing author on my show by the name of Ray, Ray Young Jr. Ray, how are you doing on today? I'm doing great, wonderful, and blessed. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with blessed. Nothing wrong with blessed at all. So as you all know, my listeners, I like to do a bit of peeking to see exactly what the person wants to discuss. And from what Ray has told me, his book is very, very big on the family dynamic, which I love because I really do feel that when the family dynamic is correct, of course, of course, people will still go through certain things they'll deal with. However, when that family dynamic correct, it does help certain detours not be made, in my opinion. Certain detours are able to be avoided when that family dynamic is strong. And y'all know I could talk about that forever, but I always like to give the person coming on the show a chance to tell us a little bit about themselves, give us their elevator pitch, as they like to say it, at Hampton U, Rock the Blue and White. So, Ray, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. No, I am originally from Waco, Texas. Um, I grew up in a single-parent home. Um, I faced a lot of different things and obstacles in life, you know, mm. from – I went to juvenile. I was in out of juvenile multiple times. Um, I, I, I dealt with a lot of anger issues. Um, I dropped out of school right after my ninth grade year, and you know, it just went downhill from there. And um, I can say today, I'm the first in my family to go to college and get my college degree. Uh, right. so, so, a fun fact note to know <laughs> before I got my first college degree. I went to almost every different colleges because I never had the opportunity to get any type of guidance um, or it was a financial struggle and, and such. Um, so last year, I just finished my second master's from Virginia Union University. Okay, um, you came to Virginia. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yes. And uh, my ultimate goal is hopefully either to get my doctorate degree or go to law school. Um, those are uh, two of my options right now. Um, another thing is that um, I faced, you know, coming from a single-parent home, I was in the inner city. Um, we had many financial struggles. And currently now, I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And for my professional background, uh, I was in the area of counseling, education, and the nonprofit sector. And so now I do corporate coaching with a nonprofit, and I work with a couple um, companies, and it's where I coach their employees to become great 
and what they want to do in life. And it could be financial. It could be for them getting their college degree. Uh, you name it, you got it. It's a very holistic approach. I'm also a certified life coach. Uh, I went through the Tony Gaskin Life Coach Academy. Um, I just I just been certified as a financial coach uh, through the University of Houston downtown. And uh, a little bit more, um, I have a nonprofit called Young Vision Achievement Consulting where I focus on youth. And uh, one of the things I focus on is uh, doing the, une- the unexpected instead of the expected. Mm. And then lastly, I have my brand, which I have my coaching in, uh, integrated into. It's called MyGo, M-Y-G-O. And uh, I'll talk about it later. And it stands for My Greatness Overcomes. Mm. I love that. Wow. Okay, so you you definitely got your head to some of everything. I love it. I love it. So you said you deal with counseling, and it appears um, that you counsel younger people, from what I'm gathering, from what you stated. Yes, I work with younger people, uh, the majority of my counseling, as well as adults as well. Okay, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, and we are going to get to your book, I promise. But I did want to ask you this. Um, As my listeners know, I'm not the biggest news watcher. However, during this pandemic, I have taken watching the news a bit more just to keep up on what exactly is going on. And one thing in particular that keeps being discussed is the pandemic's effect on the younger people, the pros and cons of them being home versus the pros and cons of them being in class and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. With the pandemic, what is your opinion on its effect to younger people? Because I'm grateful I'm not in school no more because I can only imagine that isolation versus that paranoia. I can only imagine the effect it has on young people who are not used to having to think about this type of stuff from grade school all the way to college. It just seems like a lot. (laughs) Correct. And uh, I think also just from a learning perspective, a lot of uh, youth, uh, they like to, you know, learn in groups or they like to be around you know, their counterparts where they're able to, you know, to communicate with them. And then you have where we like to be social. We're very social. Um, Even our own culture, we're very social. And they thrive off that. They need that because also it's an outlet for them because you might have have a a, a youth that is at home and they got to hear, you know, they can't hardly get no sleep. They they got to deal with uh, argument and fussing. They got to deal mm-hmm. with uh, so many negativities, but the school is like a safe zone or it's an outlet for them to relinquish themselves uh, from the stress that they're dealing with. Okay. Definitely, definitely. And any youth that is listening to the show, please know you are in my prayers for the fact of, People that have read my book, Bigger Than Me, that's available on Amazon, they know the fact of there was a period in my life where school was my safe haven. It was my place where I was able to get some peace due to the fact of some different stuff my mother and I were dealing with with our living situation and et cetera, et cetera. So if that had been taken away from me at that time when I needed it, I'm not sure if I could have handled it. So I can only imagine what these young people right now are going through. So my prayers go out to them because th- this is a lot, it, especially for somebody at a younger age. It's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. So speaking of children, young people, family dynamics, you stated 
when I had spoke to you beforehand, you stated that the book deals a lot with the family dynamic and with the power that has. Tell us a little bit more about the book and how that is such a big theme in the book, why that's such a big theme in the book. Yeah. So one of the big things is you see a, a, a wonderful relationship between a father and son. Mm-hmm. Um, you see inspiration, you see empowerment, you see overcoming, and you see generational things, things that are passed down. Uh, you see where uh, a kid is not trying to be like everybody else but be himself. And mm-hmm. uh, You see those things. And the importance of education. Um, you see so many variety of things that I put in this book. Um and where I got the name from it is the the, the name is Malik and the Magic Bowtie. Uh, my son is named Malik, and Malik stands oh, wow. for king. And from an African standpoint, his name stands for stand as for king, or sometimes they say Malik. Um, okay. And and I was a person that loved bow ties. Uh, when I would always be standing out, you know, people would always say, "Man, you always dress nice. You always, man, oh yeah, call me Mister Class, or they'll give me a Mister Bowtie." So. Uh, I was like, I want to have someone where my son's name would live forever. It wasn't about me. And uh, as you can see, the bow ties takes place if my name was next to it. And um, I wanted to show that, you know, he could see himself. And <laughs> when the book came in, uh, my son said, oh, that's me right there. Oh, and, wow. And he said the title and everything, and he just turned six years old. And I was like, I was amazed at how he knew what it was. Wow, that's crazy. I love that. I love that completely, especially the fact of people wanting to be different and not being scared of being different. For the fact of when you look at the people in power and the people who have the thriving businesses and things of that nature, they're different. Their difference and their determination is what got them them to where they are. But we have this culture that tells you to be like everybody else, and it's like that don't work. <laughs> that true. don't work at all. So true. So you are, you yourself are a father, and one thing I've always noticed is it seems like parenthood between my generation and the generation before me, it has changed greatly in a short period of time. You know, they say that technically a generation is like 40 years, but it seems like in the last 20 years itself, what is involved in being a parent has shifted greatly because what's involved in being a child, tween, teenager has shifted greatly. You know, you didn't have to worry about your pages and stuff and your likes and your followers and stuff uh-huh. 20 years ago. That was not a problem. It was, I want to know if I can go out, do my friends like me, and I got my homework. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nobody was worrying about their, their quote-unquote brand normally at that young of an age. So from a father's standpoint, how has parenthood changed due to the – I feel it has, but I'm not a parent, of course. I'm just looking and taking things uh-huh. in from the outside looking in, but – has parenthood changed due to this influx of technology and social media, or has it not? Maybe it's the same. I'm not a parent. I'm just looking from outside. You know, because um, my son is just six, and he he's into the he's kind of he's really tech savvy at a young age. You know, we wasn't that tech savvy at our age uh, mm. growing up. You know, most of the time we was outside playing. You know, we was creating ideas of you know taking a taking a basket, put it up on the tree, make a basketball, you know. Um, 
one of the things is I see today, it's easy access. You know, they have so much information in their hands, and sometimes it's good information and bad information, you know. Um, Very true. And and it's an easy access to kids these days, too, because, uh, we, you know, you deal with a lot of uh, people that are trying to get to kids uh, from a negative standpoint, so parents have to keep a watchful eye on so many things. Um, and in relations to me, like my dad was incarcerated, uh, which he still is, you know, as I grew up. And I'll be honest, I never really saw what a um, how to be a father from a from a dad perspective. So a lot of things wow. been try, you know, my 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 thing has been trial by fire. And uh, and don't get me wrong, me and my dad have a wonderful relationship. I love my dad, you know, and. Okay. So, because I believe in mercy, everybody, everybody makes a mistake. Some people just be getting caught. Mm, uh, that's true. Very true. So, my my learning as as far as fathers is, I had to learn and watch people, observe people. Uh, I I get as I remember one day I was walking in the store and, and my son, I think he was about one or two. I had him with me, and she said, "You always got your son with him, with you." I was like, yes, ma'am, I do. It's a, I, I told her, I sat there and told her one day, I said, hey, the reason why I do this is because I have a chip on my shoulder. You know, even as a black father, you know, we have this negative stereotype about ourselves that we're not mm-hmm. there for our kids. So that's one thing I want to break down. Sure. Two, I want, to br- I want to break those generational curses that's passed down. I'm trying to uh, lay the path for my son so what he can see what a father has to be or uh, needs to be uh, once he become a father one day. Now, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is also sponsored by SS Styles and Boutique, located in Chesapeake. Follow them on Instagram and social media and find out more about their amazing appointments and their amazing products which include their 4C castor oil-infused edge control and their extra-strength growth oil. Hey, you. Yes, you right there. Looking for a nice outfit for that nice holiday girls' night out or my girl over here who is looking for something cute to wear to the New Year's Eve party with the mask, of course, or better yet, my girl over there who's looking for maybe a cute outfit that can help make them curves pop like nothing else can, I have something just for you. Take your phone out now and go to www.itfitsyoutube.com. That's www.i-lowercase-t-f-i-t-s-a-capital-u-the-number-two.com where they have sizes from small all the way to 3X. Nothing is a problem when it comes to that style. You can also follow them on IG at It Fits You Too. You all go make those payments. They have an installment program that is amazing through Cecil, and they also have fast, reliable shipping. Shoot, I'm about to go get me something now, so y'all better go there for I buy everything up, all right? Peace, and enjoy the rest of the show. That's very true. That's very true. And I'm very happy you stated that because I feel 
stereotypes are going to have power regardless, but we give them more power when we prove the stereotypes true. That's that's yes, my opinion. When you prove that stereotype to be factual and not just opinion, you double up on the power the stereotype had in the first place. And I think we have to really be careful with that. I know, you know, my family in particular, and of course this was not planned, a lot of the women in my family had to be single mothers due to various decisions. And I remember sitting there going, mm-mm, if I have a child, they're going to have a father there, and it's going to be both of us because I'm not trying to have to rock out with that. You know, my parents were married for a certain period of time, and they got divorced, and then my mom had to become single mother. So I saw it firsthand, and it was not easy. And sure. it's like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put myself, or if I have children in the future, I'm not going to put my children through this. They're going to have a full home. For the fact of, I'm not saying that there will be no struggles and no trials, so that just comes with life, but it will lessen the chance of certain trials popping up if I make certain decisions on what I will or will not engage in now. And that's not, you know, shaming or slut shaming or anything of that nature. That's just a decision I made because of what I saw and what I did and did not like in my experiences. Correct. So I I really do love that. And I I love hearing that come from a black man for the fact of, as a black person, I understand some of the things we face, but as a woman, I will never understand the pressure of being a black man in this society. There are certain pressures black women deal with. There are certain pressures black men deal with. I could never understand what it's like being a black man in a society that looks at you a certain way. Correct. Correct. (laughs) I don't know what that feels like. I don't. I can empathize to a certain degree, but I don't, quote, unquote, know what that feels like and vice versa when it comes to black men to black women. I feel we really have to sit down and have certain conversations if we want both sides to understand where the other one is coming from. Because if you don't, you just have us battling each other, and that does not help anything at all. (laughs) Right. So... I, I really do love to hear that. I do love to hear that. So um, you said you have a six-year-old son. How is your son adjusting to schooling during the pandemic? I know my cousins were homeschooled. We're all in our uh, 20s now, but even if a pandemic had happened when we were younger, because my cousins were homeschooled, it wouldn't affect them much. Me, I went to public school. It would have uh-huh. been a total flip on the head for me. How how, how have you all been adjusting to all of this? Because I'm a, assuming possibly virtual learning most of the yes. students are going through of some nature. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How is he adjusting and you're adjusting to all of this? Well, one of the things we emphasize in this household is education and not just in, not just the classroom itself, but outside of the classroom. I love um, that. We've been, you know, we sacrifice where he has been in from daycare to, to pre-K, you know, since maybe one or two, one years old. So he's really been in school. So he loves school. Uh, one of the things we try to do is find extra curriculum uh, activities for us. Um, you know, ABT Mouse. You, you know, some people got to learn how to utilize YouTube. I call it YouTube University. You know, finding okay. other programs for him to learn. Like he kind of knows Spanish and stuff. Uh, we're trying to teach. We're trying to teach him different languages so he could know uh, that you know he could be a versatile person. Um, I know at one point the the school was looking at him, putting him in the uh, what they call like a GT, you know, gifted and talented. Mm. Uh, so because he because when he was sitting in class, 
um, on the uh, from virtually, he seemed like he was like bored uh, because he's kind of so much advanced within himself. <laughs> I so, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's the thing is is you got to invest in your kids, you know, at an early age because you know that you'll hear it in uh, when you deal with like childcare. It's best to start getting them. Um, getting them moving forward at a young age, you know, because, mm. you know, you still want to break that prison to pipeline mindset as well, even that, that big stereotype is out there. Um, mm. And push, you know, pushing to try to read with him at least 30 minutes a day uh, more, um, you know, just getting things where he is learning in different ways, you know, getting free activities for us, maybe driving through a zoo at the virtual, you know, as we're in this pandemic right now. So it's really just trying to be creative and, uh, you know, and I'll say this for my last thing. He's a big science person. So we look oh, online, you know, Amazon, we find, like, we just did a volcano with him, uh, a little light-up dinosaur thing uh, where he does a fossil dig up. So that's what it, uh, how it's been with my son. So. Well, that is amazing. That really is amazing. And I love to hear that. You know, especially with him being gifted, you know, I was being gifted when I was in school. I would, you know, finish the work and be sitting there reading books and stuff with a half hour, 40 minutes lesson class. So I understand how that could definitely be sitting there like, what what are we doing next? So <laughs> I understand where this coming from, I do. So, Ray, with your writing, um, what led you to actually write a book? Like, what led you to say, you know what, I'm going to put my experiences and something where they can be able to feel where I'm coming from on the pages. What led you to write a book? Um, I had I started just getting these thoughts and you know these creative thoughts and uh, uh, one of the things people say I'm I'm very creative. You know I'm I'm a mm. visionary and I have a creative mindset. And so I was like you know uh, one day I saw the what you see my or or the illustration. Uh, which mm-hmm. is by by Mr. Tyrus Gaucher. Uh He's uh, very well known for his 3D illustration. Um, but nevertheless, I was like, man, I saw one of his books. I was like, man, I, I want a book just like that, you know. And uh, and this is around 2018. Okay. And so I reached out to that person. I said, hey, you know, who did your book, you know? And they gave me the information. I was like, okay. Well, time passed. Um, and I got shifted to <laughs> to Virginia, mm. and I was at my church. Uh, it's called uh, the Mount in Chesapeake, uh, Virginia. I think I've been there. Okay. So I, I I was I was I was given the Abraham move from Texas to Virginia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you probably see where I'm coming from. Uh-huh. Uh And so. They had a we had, had an event there, and uh, I walk out the main door, and I look to my left, and I see this man standing with this book, and uh, I'm like, man, that's a nice illustration. And uh, I went over, I said, it's the same person uh, I saw. Look at uh, yeah, <laughs> so I learned to start kind of understanding when it's more than twice or three times, it's a confirmation that you need to go and get started. Exactly. So, I created a uh I started just kind of jotting down my ideals and stuff and I started thinking and I said I looked at my son like I you know what I got to write something with him in it. and uh mm. 
that's what really encouraged me. Um, <laughs> it's funny when the book, uh, the book just uh, became available about a week ago. Mm. And when I was going on my computer, I happened to run into what I wrote in 2018 on the same week that it, uh, uh, that it launched. So uh, that's what led me to doing it. Wow. That is amazing. And I, I love your comment about confirmation because my listeners know this because I've mentioned this on the show before. It was confirmed three times with three different people who did not know each other that I should write books. And that third time was when I was in college, and I was like, "All right, God, I get it. You ain't got to send another person that don't know some don't know the other other person." So it wasn't even like, "Oh, they sat and had a conversation." Three people, none of them knew each other. Different times in my life, books keep coming up. I'm like, "All right, God, well, you know, fourth one, I get it. <laughs> Let me find yeah. out what I got to do." <laughs> so oh, it's like, "Okay, okay, you you ain't got to say no. I hear you. I hear you." But that is amazing. That is really amazing. So I don't want to he, – he's a busy man. He's a father, y'all, so I don't want to keep him forever. But I do want to ask this. Let's say you have someone in front of you. They are thinking about writing a book. They want to share their story or they want to bring a certain topic to the forefront that maybe they feel like is being pushed under the rug. What would be your one of advice to them? Oh, man. Jump. That's one word I will use. I'm usually an analogy person. I was about to break it down to analogy. Say one word, but <laughs> I, I bet. Uh, yeah. um, but I say jump. You know. I love that. I love that, which is true because I have a second book that I'm working on to put out in the future, and I keep putting stuff in my notepad. A thought comes about it, it goes in the notepad. So that way I don't forget it because it's like, oh, that might be a golden nugget later on. But I love that. I do. So first, Mr. Young, Ray, however you want me to address you particular, I am so happy you joined us on today. I really love you speaking up and speaking your truth. Where can the people find your book and where can they find you? Sure. Um, so where you can find a book is on Amazon. And also, you can now uh, start ordering your book uh, going to my uh, Michael page. And that's, okay. well, I'm sorry, my Michael website. And that's www.mygo-brand.com. Mm-hmm. Again, okay. www.mygo-brand.com. Uh, where you can follow me on social media, um, I have on Facebook, Luke and the Magic Bowtie. That's on Facebook. And then my Instagram, I give you both the Instagrams for the book and my personal. Uh, for the book is Malik underscore Magic Bowtie. And then my personal one is, is that's R-Y-J, T-H-A-T-S, R-Y-J. And, um, yeah, that's how they can reach me. That is amazing. That is amazing. Well, once again, I thank you so much for joining me. For my listeners, I will try to get him back on because he, he, he got the golden nuggets. I feel like I just sat at a nice workshop back at HU with a cup of coffee, and I just received a whole word and a whole class on moving <laughs> forward. So I'm going to try to get him back on here, y'all. I'm going to try. And all of the links he gave will be in the description box for those who may want to just click it and go. I'll have all that in the description box for you. 
I thank you all for listening on today. Once again, I wish you all a happy holidays. And remember, you do not have to follow the pattern that was before you if you feel that there's a different pattern God has for you, all right? We are moving forward, all right? I love y'all, and I will see y'all later. Peace. Hey, everyone. I want to thank you one more time for joining me for this amazing episode of AG's Truth. Now, I don't know about you, but after all that good word, I'm tired. So I'm going to go and cuddle up with a great inspirational book, a book like Jeltaro McKinney Jr.'s Imagination or Jairus, which are both available on Amazon.com. Both are available in ebook form, and they are amazing books for believers who want to be able to walk just a little closer with the man upstairs. The links are in the description box, and I hope you enjoy. See y'all next week. Peace.